with Crowder with your host Crowder. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. And if you're already a subscriber, go ahead and ding the bell so that you can get all of my latest podcasts every Tuesday. Yes, it is another audio only. Sorry, YouTube. <laughs> it's just that I got a lot of stuff that I got going on. So, hey, y'all, bear with me. I'm going to get back to the visuals. Don't worry about it. Um, oh, Let's just start off saying that I am so tired of fighting with the bootleg brigade. Honestly, I've done another interview with another bootlicker about reparations. And it's honestly at this point just getting a little tired. I'm just not going to do that anymore. But let me just go ahead and go over it because y'all will never get a chance to see this interview because he he decided to delete it right after, like maybe five minutes after he kicked me off. Then he deleted it as well. So let's go ahead and get off into it. Confronting Corey from the Let's Face It podcast. (laughs) Last week, I went on a podcast called Let's Face It with Corey. I don't know anything about him until the day that he reached out after the Joe Patrick Live. So I agreed to do a podcast, even though he stated that he didn't agree with me about reparations. So we, we gonna go, we like, we went on last Monday and it was a disaster, if I may say. You know, the StreamYard, I think that's the um, that's the streaming platform that he uses for his lives for YouTube. It really wasn't picking up my connection on the on my end, and it was lagging. But you know, still I pushed through because I understand how valuable time is. Um, to make a long story short, he wanted to be in full control of his white supremacy, Fox News, white people, black people talking points. And I wasn't going to let him get those off. And he got mad and he kicked me off. And it kind of made me mad because if you've been rocking with me for a minute, then you know that I'm a stickler about my time and I work overnight. And I work overnight until finish. That's what my route is, until finish. It's not like from 12 to 12 or 8 to 8. No, it's until finish. We give you a route and you run it, and you run it until you're done. So I sacrificed to be there at his podcast only for him to not only kick me off, but to delete the live altogether. But since y'all missed it, then I'll give y'all the rundown of the white supremacy points that he was trying to get off, but I just talked over him with the facts, you know, because I don't let black people, white people, get their Fox News supremacy talking points off. I just interrupt them. Y'all seen it in the Joe Patrick live. And now y'all won't be able to see it on the last face at Corey. I mean, this guy literally made a thumbnail. Here it is right here. Called me about it. Here's our text messages right here. And low key kind of lied. Once he got on live, he said, Oh, you know, I went through and talked to one of the rappers, which is um, DYG. I forget his name. I think it's, um, Ooh, what is his name? I forgot. I didn't interview so many people and that was a way back interview, but I thought that he was talking about that, um, that guy. Oh, Desmond Cohen. Yeah. That's the guy. That's the only rapper that I've interviewed. Oh yeah. And it's Trotter bitch. So those are the two rappers that I've interviewed. And he said that that's where he got me from, or that's where he recognized me from. But no, that's not where he got me from. He got me, from the Joe Patrick live that that's where he picked me up. Um, yeah. So 
like I said, let's go over some of the talking points and break them down <laughs> so that we can just get him on up out the way. So here's the three or two black conservative talking points that they always have to throw out. And this is a new one for me, the first one. We benefited from slavery. I got a little bit of that on Joel Patrick comment section during the live, and that is just a ridiculous talking point. I don't even understand why they would think that. But he said that we benefited from slavery. And I just have to think, now, you know damn well this isn't true at all. And it's quite disrespectful to our ancestors that came over here and decided not to jump into the ocean. Clearly, he should have, but nevertheless, this guy is trying to say that being beat, raped, whipped, experimented on was a good exchange for a system that we barely benefit in today. Like, I could see if we were thriving in this country, then I could say, okay, our our ancestors' pain wasn't in vain, and it was in some sense worth it. But we don't benefit here as a whole. Not with us being still 1% of the wealth in this country and still being at 13% of the population. Secondly, the only reason I could possibly see him trying to drum up that point is for two reasons. One, he fell for the propaganda that America that America fed to him about Africa because for some reason people just think that Africa is so poor and has no resources you know, of course, there are some places in Africa that are torn down, but you could say the same thing about America, especially in the projects in the ghettos. They aren't never going to show you this Africa, but they can't stop from showing you this Africa. I find it funny that they tell us that Africa is so poor, but can't stay they ass from over there taking all the resources such as diamond and golds and um, the rich mineral soil over there and um, cocoa beans and all that stuff. They just will not show us that Africa. They always got to show the Africa where it's flies on the baby and they in disparage and all that stuff. I seen a TikTok about this lady, about this dude that um he went over there and he was like, oh, this is such a culture shock, such a culture shock. And this lady tore his ass up and basically said the same thing that I said, is that you're talking about a culture shock because of the way that oh, whatever wherever you're at is so disenfranchised. But you see that same thing here in America. So what's the culture shock, you know? But, yeah, Um. Now, let's go on to the other talking point that he had, the black-on-black crime. You know, we all know where he's going with this one. Let's say it together. Come on, family. Let's say it together. Chicago. They can't keep Chicago off their minds. And I've spoken to a couple of people from Chicago on Clubhouse about this same issue, and they said that it's propaganda and that it's used so that nobody will want to move there and that the gentrification of that city can start. Now, once I heard this, I immediately started doing research and found that not only is Chicago not the top city for gun violence, but it's not even in the top 10. Let me show y'all. This is an article from thetrace.org. Let's see. 
what to what to know today? The Miasa cities where fatal shootings have been highest this year, recent gun violence spiked in big cities like New York, Chicago, Philadelphia have received a lot of attention. But it's 11 cities with populations under a million that saw the highest rate of fatal shootings this January through March, according to the numbers complied by Patrick Starsky. AmericanViolence.org, the five cities with the highest rates are St. Louis, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, New Orleans, Birmingham, Alabama, and Baltimore. Philadelphia and Chicago, which both have populations over a million, came in at 12th and 21st, respectively. So, yeah, there you go, right there. It's not even in the top ten. So, with that being said, it's either one or two things that has happened with Mr. Let's Face It with Corey, and that's you failed to do your own research, and you just went along with the narrative that the news out media gave you, or this is just a talking point that you put out there, and you don't really care about gun violence, because if you did, then you would be talking about the top cities for gun violence, not the one that came in at number 12th. Thirdly, he told me uh, he told me after getting completely frustrated with me that I wouldn't let him get his shit off that you know see this is why white people don't want to talk to you. You know, he said that after he got frustrated with me. Um and I thought by far this was the most offensive thing that anyone could have said to me because that makes me believe that you believe that I care what white people think of me. And I'm so far gone from that notion in life. I give zero fucks what a suspected white supremacist think of me. Because if you don't understand the system is rigged, then I don't want to talk to you anyways. What these black conservatives has figured out is that it's a new sellout lane that has opened up on media, and that's podcasting. They first separate themselves from history and they and their community say a couple of Fox News talking points to get in the algorithm and collect the views in the subs. You know, that's, i.e., your Joel Patricks, your Brandon Tatums, your Thomas Souls, etc. They have realized that being a, cool, a coon gets them paid. But I'm here to tell you that whether you a house nigga or a field nigga, then you still a nigga. And I will not be talking to any more bootlicks about reparations anymore, especially the ones that don't know about Freeman Bank, Rosewood, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, I'm saying that this bootlick nigga didn't even know about these events that happened. So, yeah, not talking to anyone else, that, especially anyone that's black, about reparations because I find it very funny that... If the check was cut, are you going to say, oh, oh, no, 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 U.S. Treasury of the United States, here's your $150,000 down payment for reparations. Here you go. Here you go back because I don't believe that we should be getting this reparation. Hell the fuck no. They're going to take that money. You know why they're going to take that money? Because your ass still work at a job. Your ass is still saying yes, sir, and no, sir, to the, the the company that you're at. So you're damn well going to take that money. So I don't want to hear any more black conservatives that don't agree with reparations 
talking those talking points because you know damn well you're going to take the money anyways if it comes through the damn mail. I don't want to hear it anymore. So I only give 10 minutes to those bootlick ass niggas. I only gave 10 to Joe last week. I'm only giving 10 to, let's face it, Corey with his bow-headed ass, his bootlick ass, his um white people, black people ass. Not Not going to you know, get too much into that. I'm tired of it, honestly. But since we speaking of coons, let's talk about Myron Gaines in the fresh and from the fresh and fit podcast. Now I wasn't going to say anything because they simply just not worth that time at this point, but it does segue into another topic that I want to talk about. They went on a pretty vicious rant about how black Americans here don't take advantage of the things that they have over here and that we're lazy and we complain too much. So I'm going to let y'all hear the clip and make y'all own opinions about it. And I'm going to say my piece along with some other commentary. Here's the clip right here. I would not have this deep appreciation for the opportunities and situations I've had here in the United States had it not been my dad constantly telling me you're in the best country in the world. You're in the United States. You could be back in Sudan being yeah. poor or whatever it is. And I was like, damn, I can't take this for granted. But here... In the States, people that have been here for a few generations, they don't understand the blessing that they have. So they're fucking pussies. Oh, well, I'm not where I want to be because of racism and because the man is holding me down and all this other fuck shit. No, bro. You're a fucking bitch. You're lazy. You are where... <laughs> you're not where you want to be because you're soft. Here's the thing, no, man. The average American... Nah, because I don't care anymore. I'm going to say this shit. The average American is obese, doesn't have $1,000 in a fucking savings account, and thinks that the world's out to get him. Last time I checked, I'm not trying to be the fucking average guy. I'm trying to be above average. To be above average, you cannot have a victim mindset and you need to count the blessings you do have instead of the blessings you don't have. Here in the United States and Western countries in general, everyone wants to be a fucking bitch. This is why so many guys are mediocre. They're soft. They don't have a spine. They let these women fucking bully them. I'm going to say what I want, nigga. And they're like, uh, uh, no, man. You got to look that bitch back in the face. Shut the fuck up. Who are you talking to? Now, for one, you come over here shit on black Americans for the things that our ancestors fought for so that your dad can come over here and take advantage of those things. And let's be clear. They had you, they birthed you over here for a reason because they knew that having you over here would ensure their stay here in America. And let's just say that they did it the right way. You know, they did it the right way. They filled out the paperwork, all that stuff. Let's see the procedures of what entails to come over here. Let's see what your parents had to sign over and sacrifice to stay over here. Let me let me bring it up for y'all. This right here is called the Naturalization Oath of Alliance to United States of America. Here's the oath, you guys. Hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjured all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentive state or sovereignty of whom or which I have hereforth been a subject or citizen, that I will support and defend the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear truth, faith, and alliance to the same, that I will bear arms on behalf of the United States when required by the law, that I will perform non-combative service in the armed force of the United States when required by the law, 
that I will perform work of national importance under civilian directions when required by the law, and that I will take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. So help me God. (laughs) So that's what your people had to sign to get over here. Yeah. I don't hear anything. I don't, I don't hear you spouting that out and telling the truth about what your people had to sign to get over here. So with that being said, I'm not surprised anymore when these immigrants come over here with that mindset because in a sense, they're traitors to their own company. Let's go back a little bit. Let's, let's take it back just a little bit. One of those clauses in their stated A5, bear arms on behalf of the United States when required by law. What does that mean? That means that if we go to war with the country you came from and we need all hands on deck, then you have to fight with us. So for all of your friends and leftover family that decided not to come over here and turn coat, you'll have to kill them. So once again, I'm not surprised that your loyalty doesn't align with us black Americans here because you not only are not loyal to the people you left in your country, but you're not loyal to us either. So I'm not surprised. Thirdly, I want y'all to look at these niggas. Look, look, I'm put her go a picture of these niggas right here. I'm gonna put up a picture of these niggas. They call the podcast Fresh and Fit, and neither one of these niggas are fresh or fit. These niggas are puns that are used against us so that we stay at the bottom of society so they can never receive, so that we can never receive reparations or equality for a matter of fact. Because the white supremacists always know that it's a thirsty nigga like these two out of the country that will turn coat just to have the basics, the crumbs, the leftovers. <laughs> You know, look, immigrants, look, look, y'all, look. Y'all have to stop telling black Americans what you yourself weren't willing to do in your own country. The reason that it's popping over here is only off the strength of black Americans and our ancestors, not the Europeans, because if it was the Europeans that made it popping over here, then they themselves wouldn't even left Europe. They would have stayed in Europe and fixed their country as well. Go read what Christopher Columbus said in his diaries when he got over here. It was black people that he seen. Not white people or those $5 Indians that y'all think was over here. It was black people. Go read the diary or read it. You know, y'all like being over here because now you have the bare minimum of life and you think that we supposed to just be satisfied with what you grateful for as well. No, we want it all, nigga, not just a little bit. See, we learned very early on in the game that if you accept crumbs, then you get crumbs. Now the little bit of crumbs we getting due to us fighting, y'all want to take half of them plus want us to be grateful and humble for them. Nah, nigga. Unite with us and help get the loaf so that more of your people can come over here and we can get our numbers up. You know, shoot, remember, and I'm going to just close with this because I ain't going to be here alone today. Remember, hamburgers sound good when you never had steak. (laughs) 
I'm going to end on that because I want to get it. This ties into a little bit of what I've been seeing in the media lately. I don't know if it's just because I've been in Clubhouse and they, they've they seen that I've been in Clubhouse in these rooms and stuff, and they've um, got that into my algorithm online. But it's this thing called the Diaspora Wars, you know, that's going on. And I had no idea that immigrants and black Americans were fighting each other. No idea at all. No recollection of it at all. But now that I'm off of that, you know, the fresh and fit ass niggas, I want to give my disclaimer that I don't support the diaspora wars at all. I think that it's divisive. I think that it's non-productive and it's not needed. And simply, I really feel like white supremacy sprinkled that in because we getting closer and closer to these reparations and this equality that we should have been had a long time ago in this country. And simply, it breaks down the connection and the army that we need to fight this real enemy. But I'm not going to act like when immigrants come over here and get on their feet, that they don't start talking down on black Americans and, and adopting the talking points of Fox News. The immigrants that do this are the roadblocks that are put in our way so that we will always have someone to fight on the way to justice and equality. But even with this said, I have to give them a little grace because they don't know they're getting used. They don't quite know the culture of black Americans and they don't know the propaganda that they was fed is false. You can't necessarily fault someone for wanting a better life for themselves. But when you take the information of propaganda and you spread it as if it's facts without gathering your own relationship with us, that's where we have the problem. That's where the problem lies. That's where the problem begins. See, you guys don't know that they are trying to replace us with you and that sounds great to someone that has had less in your own country but this is what's about to get ready to happen let me just break it down for y'all they're gonna give y'all all the benefits that they had tucked away in the closet that we've been asking for to make it seem like we was just begging and complaining niggas it's gonna be sweet and comfortable for y'all for a couple of years and y'all gonna eat that shit up and while y'all eating that shit up all the symbolism and all the little victories, they will be behind the scenes making laws to ensure that in the next five to 10 years, y'all will stay exactly where y'all are, which is the bottom of the totem pole. Actually, where we left off, black Americans. And y'all will stay there because for one, they know y'all ain't gonna fight because y'all didn't even fight in y'all own country when white supremacy was taking over y'all country. And y'all won't have the blueprint because y'all was too busy telling us that we were lazy and that we needed to be grateful for the bare minimum of life. That's why it's important that y'all unite with us instead of fight with us because we see where this is going. We see y'all walking into the same trap that our ancestors walked into back in the day. But I'm not, but I ain't going to leave out the black Americans that are sellouts either. Because some of the reason that immigrants come over here and have this mindset is because of black American sellouts. These are your Joel Patrick's, your Silken Diamonds, your Brandon Tatum's, your Let's Face It with Corey, you know, etc. The people that have been here and seen the injustice of white supremacy and still decided to spread their talking points. Once again, I'm not surprised with them because they want a better life for themselves and selling out is money in the long run because they get used as the talking head for white supremacists and get paid for it. 
But unlike the immigrant sellouts, the black American sellouts know the history of this country. So with that being said, I can I can forgive the immigrant sellout a lot quicker than I can forgive the black American sellout. What I would like for us to do as a people, and it don't matter where you come from, you come from Haiti, if you come from Haiti, if you come from Africa, if you come you know, just here, wherever, I don't care anymore. What I would like us as a people to do is to put the divide behind and win the war that's at hand. There are coons on and sellouts on both sides, whether it be the immigrants or the ADOS. Let's identify the ones that are with us and leave the ones that's not behind and keep it pushing because they're they using us. They're they using us, and it's, it's not good. It's not productive at all. Okay, and then, boom, here we go. I have a little bit more. I told y'all I wasn't going to be long, but I was going to be strong, and I was going to get up out of here. We we right at the 25 mark point. Um, Some of the candidates that y'all need to keep y'all eyes on. You know, I've been watching TD News, and he's a podcaster that goes over politics and breakdown in layman terms what's actually going on in the politician field. So he interviewed a couple of people that I've actually been keeping my eyes on as well, and one of those people happened to be Marcel Dixon. He's running for District 6 in South Carolina against Jim Clyburn. You know, um, I like him, and I'm hoping that South Carolinians will support him because he is running his campaign off a reparation proposal. And that's at the forefront of his campaign, which I like because then there's no confusion about what he wants and what he's there for. Let me read a little bit of what he's planning to do, some of his policies, so on and so forth. Um, here it is. And this is, I'm getting all of this from Ballotpedia. Here it is right here. Um, one of the things that they asked, asked him on Ballotpedia is what are the public policies you are personally passionate about? And I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I'm going to put it up on the screen for you guys to read, screenshot it, blow it up, read it for yourselves. And like I said, this is on Ballotpedia. I'm pretty sure that he has an Instagram, Facebook, um, a website that y'all can go to and read a little bit more into what he's planning to do on his campaign run. Um, he, he states, outside of that, I feel extremely passionate about the fact that it is morally wrong, evil, and near forgivable for America to consistently declare that we are the richest, greatest, and most powerful country in the world while we have millions of people that live in poverty, suffers from a lack of food, die early due to preventable health challenges for which they lack the means to obtain proper care, attend poorly funded and supported schools, live in areas plagued by extreme gun violence, and there is extreme inequality with the wealthiest neighborhoods being just just minutes from the poorest. I am unapologetically an advocate for America to provide wider and stronger safety nets to take care of our citizens instead of spending billions of dollars on citizens in other countries and resources on people that are not citizens of the United States i.e. what they doing in New York City right now by allowing non-citizens of America to vote. Um, he also goes on the limb of saying, because that's not actually what I wanted to read, but up oh, here's the one that I wanted to read. The only way to truly fix America 
is to repair black people, black Americans, which is something that is over 400 years due. America can nearly truly never truly be great if America is not truly whole and America will not even truly be whole until it has truly repaired all the damages it has inflicted upon black America. My better deal for black American plan plan will address all these harmful via direct monetary payments, land grants, business grants, a protection class designation, the return of the Freeman's Bureau to address the needs of black Americans and more. So yes, he's definitely running his campaign off of a reparation stance, which I think is great because we as a black Americans, especially the ones that are running for campaigns and Congress and Senate and all of that stuff, we have to be bold in our approach. We have to let black Americans know that this is what I'm running for so that there's no confusion ever. This is what I'm running my campaign off of. Ride with me, and if you ain't, you ain't. So, yes, I definitely love that about him. Um, I think that he will have some pushback with the fact that he's running Democrat and that he's a gay man. But what I would like to say to everyone that has a problem with that is please get away from the labels. I've been saying that like three, four, five episodes ago. I myself had to get away from the labels. That's why people think that I'm so confusing because I'm a gay person that don't doesn't necessarily agree with all of the LBGTQIA stances. I'm also black and I don't agree with some of the things that black people run off of, which is some mostly in politics. Um, what's another one? Um, oh, people think that I'm conservative. People think I'm liberal, but I'm neither. I'm right in the middle because I pick black. I said that last week. Um, we have to get away from this not mindset of not wanting to support someone based off of morals. This is a man that's going forth on a campaign that is reparation first. He wasn't scary and put it at the very bottom so that the white people would accept him. He put it at the very front. So y'all look into him. Um, I'm definitely interested in what he's doing. I really hope to interview him someday, but he's a very busy man. I've put in a couple of emails to his campaign um, people, hopefully he'll get back to me so that I can personally interview him, especially being from the LBGT community myself. Would definitely love to hear from him here at an hour with Crowder. Um, another one is Jacory Arthur. He's the councilman for District 4 in Kentucky Louisville. And I went to Balaton and I didn't get a lot of information off of him. So I just pretty much had to search through a whole bunch of stuff online. And what I got is that he got those people out there a lot of money and got some of the things fixed with the homelessness and education problems out there. And I see he has ADOS in his bio. So that always is a good thing for me. But mm, like I said, I take labels nowadays at face value due to the fact that we legit have black people out here with a white mindset. So let me go to his page. And like I said, he doesn't have a lot here, but you know, he won pretty much everything. I'd have to get some, um, I'd have to go on his Instagram and show it for you guys. And it'll be right here. 
So, yeah, he's doing a lot of good things. He won already, and I think that that's great. You know, that ADOS is a big, strong push. Um, but just like Markel, I think that they, during the interview with the TD News, he got a little pushback on his values as far as the black people running as independent and running as Republican. And he actually has some good responses to them, which were, it's not a good idea just yet. He didn't say ever. He just said just yet to run as an independent party because we only make up 13% of the population. So that means that you would first have to convert already settled voters in whatever party they in over to the party of independence, which isn't a solid backbone in politics at all right now. And as far as running Republican versus Democrat, he states that black people are already fully invested in the Democrat party. So instead of switching parties, why don't we just fix the one that we're already in? And honestly, I'm not mad at that, but black people have lost faith in Democrat party so much that we're just kind of lost in politics right now. We clearly understand that neither party is for us, and we're just tired of voting for the lesser of two evils. So, but in the words of Trump, you know, what do we have to lose at this point in the game? At this point in the game, it don't even matter which party you vote for no more because innately you kind of know neither one of them are for you anyways. But, you know, at least if we vote in as many black people that are like-minded, then we can just slightly critique their policies instead of trying to fight the whole way with someone that runs that has nothing in the books for us. Yeah. Um, so that's Ja'Cory Arthur. Y'all be on the lookout for him. And then there's Gary Chambers. Um, he's He's getting lit up. Not lit up as in a bad thing, but... He's getting pushed up there on Instagram and social media altogether. He came out with an ad that spoke about the legalization of marijuana, and here it is right here. He's arrested for possession of marijuana. Since 2010, state and local police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating marijuana laws, over half of all drug arrests. Black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana laws than white people. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing marijuana laws every year. Most of the people police are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot, just like me. I'm Gary Chambers, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. So, yeah, that's Gary Chambers, Democrat Party. He's running for election to the U.S. Senate to represent Louisiana. He declared candidacy for the primary scheduled on November 8, 2022. I like the fact that he's trying to clean up the judicial system as far as drug charges go. He's absolutely right about the stats in that video, but I would like him to be a little bit more on code. And by on code, I mean you need to read the room and be speaking about some reparations. You know, read the rooms, Mr. Chambers. The room is saying reparations, and you come out of left field talking about making weed legal on a federal level, which I have no problem with because it should have been done the moment white people started having dispensaries. But one of the main reasons that people are getting caught up in that trap down there is because there isn't much opportunity down there, so reparations would help out a lot. 
I would like you to run your campaign with something with reparations in. I mean, you got Ja'Cory Arthurs. He got ADOS. That directly coincides with reparations. You got Marcel Dixon. He's running his whole campaign off of reparations. And the Gullah tribe down there in North Carolina that is going through some trouble with the state trying to take away their land, which reparations would help that out. And then, like I said, you come out of left field with the weed, and it's just a little off-putting to me. But, you know, I'm not going to smoke them up too much about that because, I mean, that's a big problem down there in Louisiana. And you have to understand that people are going to smoke weed and sell weed, whether it's legal or not. So you running your campaign off of something that is already going to happen, whether the feds say it's okay or not, it's kind of like a wasted campaign, I feel. That's just my opinion about it. But, hey, you know, I already told y'all guys I ain't going to be here alone, but I'm going to be here strong. So I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. It's 930 in the morning on a Sunday. Hopefully I get this out to y'all, get it clipped, cut it, edit, all that good stuff for y'all. I'm completely sorry once again that it's audio only. But, hey, I got a life here down here in Texas. I got work. I got a girl that barely, I barely spend time with her. She, you know, puts it out there. But, um. You guys can follow me on IG, Facebook, at an hour with Crowder, Twitter, Crowder the Great, and listen to me on other streaming platforms such as your Spotify, your Google, your Apple Podcasts, your Google Play, your YouTube, your Anchor. I think I'm on Breaker Box as well. You know, hey, Anchor, they just put my stuff everywhere. But, yeah, y'all stay tuned. I told y'all I wasn't going to be here long. We already at 36 minutes. Hopefully, once I put the videos and all the links and stuff in, then it'll cut up to maybe about 45 minutes because this is an hour with Crowder, you know. So, it's, I feel like I cheat y'all when I just do less than an hour. But, hey, it's okay. I gave y'all some pretty important information. I, I, you know, went over some clown activity with some clown bootlick-ass niggas. And we're going to get it rolling. So love y'all. Y'all um, take it easy and go listen to all of my stuff, all the previous episodes. And I'm out.